Hey, this is your host, Damani Brown, coming to you not so live from Paper Play Action. Just wanted to let you guys know that this episode is going to be a little different, as you can probably tell from the title. It's a 1.5. The reason for that is because we uh, unfortunately lost the original second episode of this entire series. Um, the deal was is that uh, both me and Andre were not only recording from the wrong mics, uh, but also our audio just wasn't good. Mine personally was really awful. And on top of that, my computer crashed and we lost all of it. Andres was recording from the wrong mic. And then on top of that, his disappeared too. I'm not exactly sure what happened on that part. It seems like he wasn't actually recording the entire time. But it also was going through the wrong mic as well. Or at the very least, it didn't pick him up very well. Which, we can't have that. So, uh, Paul's audio is the only one that's actually salvageable from that episode. But, uh, we all talked about it and didn't want you guys to miss out on some of the stuff that we actually talked about. We figured some of the topics and things we discussed would still be of interest to you guys. So, we wanted to bring you guys that as soon as possible. Um, this episode's gonna be coming a little weird. I'm probably gonna have interspliced moments of my section, uh, Andre's section, and Paul's. Paul's will be his original audio from the podcast covering his topics it was more of an advice section than anything else didn't have much that week so you guys will see whereas me and andre had our own personal things we wanted to kind of talk about and give to you guys um after that i'll probably just go over what we discussed as far as the news goes so you guys are going to want to check that out um it won't be all of us uh interacting fortunately and you won't get our initial pops it's not us bouncing off each other this time around so this one will obviously be a lot shorter we usually try to go for like two to three hours on a podcast. This one might be a bit around one to two, maybe, depending on how it gets stretched out. I'm not going to try to stretch it out too long. I'm just going to show up what we got and maybe do a quick run through of what we discussed, uh, basically what our topics was for the news. But uh, you guys enjoy. Hope you guys have a wonderful time this time around. And uh, I'll let you guys get right to it. Okay, let's start off with my week. Um, I pretty much went into Chainsaw Man, checking that out originally. Um, honestly, don't sleep on this thing. Um, it's pretty good. It's genuinely really good. Uh, we'll start off with just giving a brief synopsis of it uh, without trying to get into too many spoilers. But the first chapter pretty much covers our main character, Denji who is down on his luck, like, we're talking real, real bad, um, when we first find him, this man has sold off part of his body, parts of his body in order to make up debt, he owes a ton of money to the Yakuza, and, uh, he's, he has a pact with a small chainsaw demon, um, the way this world works is that there are demons and fiends that are running amok around the world, fiends specifically are demons that take over human body, and, demons, so to speak, or just the spirits themselves, um, and the way they kind of work in that perspective is that the more, um, people fear a particular demon or a particular fear, so to speak, they're stronger. So, for instance, uh, and they usually take the form of a, a particular fear anyway. So, for instance, the, um, the, uh, like a car, like let's say if there was a car demon, the car demon... Uh, brings up the idea of being hit by a car, and that's fear, uh, that would be way more stronger than maybe a coffee demon, which is something that would just be based off of a coffee, and the idea of, like, coffee can kill you, and, like, you could have a heart attack or whatever. It's just more people are afraid of getting hit by cars than dying from coffee. So the idea is that uh, the car demon would just be stronger and because more people fear it. Um, but the idea is that he initially is, uh, like, I think he's 16... Uh, Denji himself is 16, 
um, trying to pay off the debt left behind by his his parents. Um, both of them are dead, and it is only him and the Yakuza are like, well, you inherit his debt. Start paying up. Um, in doing so, he makes this deal with this little demon. Uh, it's a little chainsaw demon. Looks like a puppy. And it helps him out. Um, he's literally able to make a decent amount of money, but this man is kind of like getting robbed. The amount of money he owes to the Yakuza is kind of ridiculous, and he'll do jobs for like $40,000, so to speak, and end up walking home with only seventy, just because of like finder's fees and all that crap. So he's, he's in it bad. He lives in a shack, and all he wishes for is to be able to live a normal life. He actually takes a lot of, like, a lot of the things that we take for granted, like, me and you, he finds, um, proper interest in. It's a dream to him. It's something that he could never imagine. So the idea of living in a place with running water and, you know, uh, being able to take a, take a bath and shower and eat food, like a proper meal every day, is something that he feels is, like, completely unattainable for him. And... Part of him is like, I'm, I'm a kid, like I'm 16, I would love to have a girlfriend or something like that, just someone to love me. Um, as things goes on, we find out that uh, Denji is then betrayed by the same Yakuza that were supposed to, I guess, essentially be helping him out so that he could make the money that he owes them. Um, it turns out that they gave themselves to a demon. And in doing so, he gets himself killed. He literally gets hacked to, be, to pieces. Fair warning that Chainsaw Man is not for the faint of heart, I would say. It is very violent, so to speak, but considering that our main character uses a chainsaw as a weapon, I feel like that would kind of be self-explanatory, but um, I feel like the need that you probably should at least have a warning for it. The other thing is is that uh, he's, he is hacked a bit, um, very violently at that. It is a, a real unfortunate scene. And in doing so, they even kill the uh, chainsaw demon that he had. Now, what happens next is demons gain power and regeneration and healing from drinking the blood or consuming the blood or being exposed to the blood of humans. The two of them are thrown in a dumpster and the blood of Denji becomes intertwined with the blood of the chainsaw demon. And the chainsaw demon who has been taken care of by Denji this entire time decides to give Denji a second chance at life. He pretty much essentially is like, go fulfill the dreams that you wanted so much. Which, in all honesty, is just our everyday life, which is kind of interesting. Um, what I found so interesting about Denji specifically is that, like, like I said, everything that we take for granted is something major to him. And upon meeting other characters, they treat him as if he doesn't take life seriously or if he doesn't understand like his goals aren't lofty enough a lot of the people in the in this manga have um people have goals like getting revenge on a particular demon that exists out in the world or trying to go out there and make the world better just to make it safer or anything like that things of that nature and denji's over here just like i just want to be able to maintain the status quo and people look down upon on him because of that so he starts trying to come up with other goals, and it's about more so about him trying to figure out what it is that makes that what does it truly means to live life and have aspirations and goals and things of that nature, and things of that nature. It's really an interesting read if you gave it a shot. Um, I think it's actually done from a very interesting perspective of the character, and yes, it has its little pervy elements, um, but I think that. These are probably the most justified they've ever been because this is a character who literally thought none of this was possible. So when he goes and says, uh, my new goal is going to be I want to touch a boob. Like, for him, he's like, this is something that I could have never imagined. Like, it's just, it was so far out of the realm of possibility for him. And other people are going to look at him and be like, what kind of goal is that? That's, what is that? And... He'll come back with the idea of, like, it's it's mine. and Slight spoilers, like, he manages to get that. And even then, he's like, I feel a little empty on that one. And so it very much gives this idea of, like, 
Okay, so we're going to be following Denji as he tries to figure out exactly what he wants to do in life. Because now he finally has what he thought was going to be his dream. And it's fine for now, but it's just, he wants to build. He wants to become more than what he is currently. And it's about him kind of gaining those aspirations. And you see it as the other characters in the series kind of expose him to things of that nature and be like, hey... You could be more than what you currently are. And I know you didn't come from the best of places, but the rest of the world pushes forward onto greater things, and you need to catch up with that. And it's, it's a pretty interesting read. Uh, I give it a shot. It's really, as I say, it's interesting. The honest truth is the storytelling is just really good. Um, the art is fantastic, honestly. If you ever looked up the art for Chainsaw Man, or if you haven't, go look it up. It's just really nice. Um just beautiful cover spreads i say beautiful they're they're visceral but they're it's it's good looking art like it's cool um next up on our list actually is um for be elise's loan which is kind of like a this is a webtoon so chainsaw man was the last one chainsaw man you can go find that on biz media um loan on the other hand is on webtoons it's a webcomic loan is what i would describe as almost Harry Potter-esque? It's a Harry Potter-esque story. Um, so if you guys are looking for something, like a comic or something that gives you kind of that magical school vibe, going and going on an adventure, but like kind of sneaking around the teachers and doing little things like that only the kids could do, but you're obviously in a school for this kind of thing, I would suggest check it out alone. Um, don't want to get into too many spoilers for it. Uh, all I'll say is that Lone is a girl who um, wants to be a witch, studies and does everything she can so that she can go out and become um, goes to school in which they literally make witches and wizards, <laughs> um, does her proper testing, and she realizes she passes, but she realizes she struggles with magic. She's nowhere near as good, and she has to put in so much more work than other people in order to get where they are and some people haven't come naturally um there is a let's say a rival character so to speak uh, at this point in the story it's not really much of a rivalry but it's a friendship but initially it's a rivalry um where you have this one girl named Suri who is uh let's say gifted she is just gifted in the forms of magic but does not want to be there um she has her own reasons, and I don't want to get into them, just for spoiler purposes. But the idea is, is that uh, she doesn't want to be at this school. And her and Lone have this really interesting dichotomy, because initially when they're paired against each other for their test, uh, Sori is holding back. And Lone, who has put in all of her work and time and effort to try to get to this point, kind of yells at Sori and it's like don't don't hold back against me like if you if you're gonna win if you got it then do it he's like because what, what what was the point like I put in all this work and like I'm if I'm not good enough to be in here I'm not good enough to be in here I'll just put more work in later it's really cool and there's a reason obviously for Lone not being good at magic I just don't want to get into it uh, I keep mentioning spoilers in this one um I don't want to mention certain things because Lone has, like I said, uh, a very Harry Potter, mystical-esque kind of thing going on. So there's reasons and ways about why things are done certain in certain instances and why things are done and flowing around in certain ways. And I know I'm describing it really weirdly, but it's the best way I can kind of describe it with my brain. I'm weird. Um, but everything kind of connects for a certain reason or another um it's really cool really cute like i said it has a cute fun art style like i actually kind of like it but the situations that they're dealing with are kind of no joke honestly like there's genuinely people in danger um as the story progresses we get introduced to more characters and different aspects of the world it's very clear that the world is a large part of this actual story and there are bits and pieces that are hinted at by the introduction of characters and things of that nature and the story kind of grows itself outwards to try to explore some of these ideas and themes very 
very quickly. Um, racing is really, really good. Uh, it recently, relatively recently, or um, finished its second season. Second season? It's either one of one of its seasons finished. It's either its first season or its second season. I have to go check. But um, this is a perfect time to catch up. Uh, like I said, it's a webtoon or webcomic, so they have their little breaks and stuff like that. So this is a perfect time to read up, catch up, and check on that one. Um, say it once again, that is Lone on um, on webtoons if you want to check it out. The other one, another manga. I've been doing a lot of manga this week is um kaiju number eight which i'm gonna just tell you this stop sleeping on kaiju number eight honestly stop sleeping on all of these but like if you were sleeping on kaiju number eight stop i don't know what you're doing the thing is awesome you know i've mentioned art a lot of times in this the art for kaiju number eight is probably the best one out of all the ones i just mentioned <laughs> um they do a really good job and it's fun it's really like this is a this is a manga that could honestly be up there with like Naruto, Bleach, and stuff like that, just because of how cool it is. If you like kaijus, if you like giant monsters, if you like things of that nature, this is honestly for you. Um, Andre had a pretty good reaction to this initially. He was very much a fan of the idea of kaiju number eight. Um, he, he is a huge kaiju fan himself. Um, my basic synopsis I can give on this one is kaiju number eight is... We pick up with our main character, Kefka, who I'll go through, I guess i go over the first couple chapters because we're at a point where I can discuss these and they won't actually be considered spoilers anymore. We go through our first, uh, our main character, Kefka, who is, um, which also just gotta say, it's a dope name. Freaking love Final Fantasy references. I don't know if it's directly a Final Fantasy reference, but like no one else is really called Kefka. Like, like, come on, like, no one's really called Kafka besides Kafka. <laughs> so it's just really cool to have that kind of appear again. Um, but Kafka himself is, this initially starts as a kid. Um, he uh, witnesses his town along with his childhood friend, Mina, who sees, like, the world pretty much wrecked, or at least their hometown at the very least, their world, so to speak, uh, wrecked by kaiju, and they see that, and Kefka is essentially like, I want to, I want to kill all the kaiju, I want to be the one to, to stop them, we're going to stop them, and it initially starts with a very Aaron Yeager-esque, um, <laughs> it's approach to it, it is very quickly, um, Dismissed is the best way to describe it. We pick up several years later. We'll say Kefka is now in his 30s. I think he's 32, 33. But he is in, he's in his 30s now. Um, he did not join the Earth Defense Force. Uh, he tried. He didn't make it. And currently is on the cleanup duty for cleaning up the bodies of Kaijus after they're murdered. Um, Mina, on the other hand, his childhood friend, is definitely on the Earth Defense Force and is probably their number one, actually is their number one, in killing Kaiju. So we have this interesting dichotomy already, where we have these two kids that were meant to go on the same path, are clearly not on the same path. <laughs> um, Kefka honestly put in the work and gave it a shot, he, he tried, and he didn't make it what's the deal he he put in all the work he could initially it just just got dusted on the testings for it um so he's living his life as kaiju disposable he doesn't mind it he wishes he could be out there but at the same time he's like i i, I can give up on that dream keep in mind Kefka's not old Kefka's like in his 30s but you know japan for some reason after you reach past your 20s you're considered an old man I don't get it, but it's nice to also see a character that is later on in life. Um, as someone that's, you know, 24, it's just nice to see someone a little bit up in age sometimes. Because, you know, anime and manga don't like to really mess with those themes too much. I don't know what the deal is. Japan just doesn't like older people, I guess. Um, 
But um, Kefka's he's doing his thing. It's around this time that a new member joins the team, so to speak. This is a very uh, important and interesting character. This character's name is Reno. Reno joins in, and he joins the uh, the Kaiju Disposal um, unit in order to learn more about Kaijus before he actually goes and takes the test. It's a way of giving himself a leg up. And the two initially get into a spat. Uh, everyone initially kind of shows Kefka as a mentor-type figure towards Reno and being like, hey, yo, check him out. He wanted to do this too. Maybe he can help you out. And uh, as they talk about it, Reno becomes kind of almost disgusted with him because the way he looks at Kefka is, you gave up on your goal. He's like, and I won't be anything like you. And that initially hurts Kefka, but Kefka is kind of understanding of why it's like this. He's just kind of like, it's fine. Um, and this happens. It's unfortunate for him. Um, but as things go on, um, they kind of shows him the ropes of Kaiju Disposal, just kind of getting him out there and showing him, like, hey, look, this is the... This is the ins and outs. This is the things you can learn from it. Being here will teach you some stuff about it. It is during one of their uh, disposal periods that they very quickly realize that not all the kaiju have been killed. And this leads to something, let's say an incident that's not the best. Uh, Reno is uh, attacked initially, and it is Kefka who actually comes in to save him, telling Reno to leave. Uh, essentially get out of here, go forth, like, you have you have plans, you got a future, you get out of here now, get help, come back. Um, this honestly makes Reno look up to Kefka, because kaiju are nothing to play with. They, they're, they're relatively big, they're, I mean, they're kaiju, they're, some of them are massive, but in this series they vary in size a little bit more. Um, they have different names for the different levels of kaiju, so to speak. Um, and they, like, no normal person can fight these things. Um, must mention that, like, the Defense Force has crazy super suits that allow them, excuse me, to, uh, sprint at top speeds and leap off tall buildings and do all this crazy stuff. But, like, a normal person doesn't really stand a chance against one. So, when Kefka's like, Reno, go, it's, it's essentially almost under the impression that, like, he's leaving him to die. So, Reno takes the opportunity, he gets the help, but he comes back. He comes back faster than the, the help can arrive. And he gives him, he gives Kefka some assistance for a moment. But this is the start of their kind of friendship. And, and after surviving that ordeal, Reno informs Kefka that, like, hey man, the cutoff age is, like, 25, 20, 24. It recently got raised up. If you want to get in here, if you want to be a part of the Defense Force, this is your last chance. This Now's the time. He's like, they, they just raised it. Go for it. Like, you clearly still got it in you. You want to do it. So, I mean, don't, don't back down. And thus, two of them begin to kind of start training towards what is essentially going to be them getting into the Defense Force. But not before... Uh, having to take a quick detour to the hospital where uh, this is where things get interesting. Um, Kefka and Reno had sustained in injuries during their fight and having to go to the hospital obviously to get treated. It is during this time that a small worm as kaiju appears, flying worm as kaiju appears, to Kefka and saying to him, Ah, this is where you are. Kafka sees this, initially freaks out, and the worm shoves itself in his mouth and just becomes, disappears. Kafka passes out. Just due to shock, due to pure shock of seeing a weird worm-like creature that's flying through the air that talked to him and then just, just induced itself into him. Um, Kafka wakes up to find that he himself have become a kaiju, a human-sized one, a human-shaped one, but a kaiju nonetheless. Uh, and initially turning around, he uh, sees Reno, and they immediately start freaking out. 
Um, but what gives it away to Reno initially that is Kefka is because Kefka is still trying to talk to him. He's like, wait, I don't understand. Don't freak out. I don't know what's happening. And Reno's like, I, I get it. It's you. It's definitely you. Because if it wasn't you, you wouldn't be freaking out the way you're freaking out. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, we clearly are having a conversation. You clearly know me. And you're, you're, you're talking. <laughs> and he's like, you kind of sound like you, but you look real different. Gotta point out, gotta preference, the design for Kefka's um, kaiju state is awesome. That is probably one of the things I gotta... Like, I've said that the art for this is really nice. It's probably the best one on here. It This is true. Like, the designs that they have for the kaijus themselves and, like, Kefka as our main character, I freaking love how Kefka looks. For a main character, he's a pretty cool-looking main character. <laughs> They have, like, glowing lights and bits of energy that's on him and stuff like that. Like, the way everything is kind of shaped. He's just really cool, but he's also extremely, like, the entire story is very lighthearted. It, while still keeping up um, this idea of suspense and things of that nature. So, Reno is like, okay, here's the deal. We gotta get out of here, because I know it's you. You know it's you inside that kaiju. But we don't know about everybody else that's gonna know it's you. So... We gotta move. So they dip out. They leave the hospital. Um, take off. And essentially, uh, Kefka's kind of trying to get used to his body. I'm trying to leave out certain bits so there's more to read because I'm going through a lot. But trust me, there's a lot of more details that I'm leaving out in this. Um, a lot of the jokes, honestly, because it is funny, hit very differently in the, the dialogue. You should probably go check it out. But this is the main carrying of events to what is basically going to be the plot for this so they get out um manage to get away the defense force is looking for him but then in the distance they hear that there is a, another kaiju attack just this one's a big one kind of crazy rummaging about doing things um reno's like that's perfect we can use this as a cover to get out of here we can disappear Reno turned around. Kefka's gone. Reno's like, shit. I think I know where he went. <laughs> we then cut over to our big kaiju. <laughs> mucking about. Ready to destroy children. Because that's what kaiju do sometimes. Just destroy children. I mean, destroy homes and everything. They really don't care. They just hate everything. It doesn't matter. But, um... Kefka appears on the scene ready to help. And he destroys this kaiju like this, this kaiju he treats like it's cake weight he t actually treats it like it's a piece of paper saving this kid who was initially afraid of him but very much quickly realizes oh snap this guy's cool he saved us um reno then appears shortly afterwards being like all right cool you stopped the kaiju but we gotta go we still gotta leave <laughs> so they disappear again and over time uh three months pass, essentially, and Kefka gets a little bit uh, better at controlling himself as far as, like, what is he doing in his powers. Um, that soon as quickly, uh, they pretty much get the idea of, like, okay, so now that we can keep you under wraps, you continue to be under disguise, and we can do everything properly, do you still want to go for this test? Because I know I still have to do it. And the guys are pretty much like, yeah. We're going to continue to join the Defense Force. So, the plot becomes <laughs> what is essentially um, Kefka trying to keep his secret on the low from the other Defense Force members that he is a part of once he joins, or once he attempts to join. They, they go through the test and everything. Um, trying to keep that on the low while still managing to do things to help people out. So it's more so about, like, this, will they get found out, will they not, how are things playing out with this, like, it's really this cool dynamic of, like, the two of them trying to keep the secrets on the wrap, while still managing to fight off kaiju, and do the things that they're supposed to do, <laughs> it's like, it's just really, it's really cool, it's really, it's really dope, you don't know who knows and who doesn't know just yet, it's like, as things progress and how quickly people are figuring things out but they do a really good job at honestly the characters are probably like 
the best part of this. And I mean, I guess technically in any story, the characters carry the story, but there are some stories in which, you know, it's the plot that really drives it. But um, it's really just Kefka and Reno, this kind of buddy kind of cop kind of thing almost, I feel, where they're trying to just make it through without not only being discovered, but also trying to keep the people that they care about and protect safe, while also trying to make a good impression on the defense force up like upper echelon so that they could get further in their ranks and do what they want. Like it's it's cool. It's cool. If you were sleeping on it, like I said, you need to give that a shot. It is it's dope. <laughs> it's just dope. That is Kaiju number eight. Again, for those uh, our listeners. Uh-huh. Lastly on my list is uh <laughs> Recently, just read and watched something as well. Uh, Shouts out to Comic Historian and Comics Explained. Those two uh, huge, just friends of the show, but not actually friends to us. (laughs) Just enjoyed them. Uh, Andre would agree. Honestly, both of them, both Paul and Andre would agree. We watch their videos all the time and would say shout like for the comics that we can't get a chance to read. We watch those, um, but or better yet, we'll even read the comics that we catch on there. Like they just have a great job of telling those again. But uh, found another reason why Black Panther is one of the best superheroes in the Marvel comics, and this is kind of having to do with um, the King Black stuff. Uh, kind of watched their episode and then went and go check. Started to watch their episode specifically. Started to watch Comic Explains episode on it. Um, saw that and was like, I, I need to stop and go read this. Um, if you haven't been reading King in Black, you should read King in Black. If you're a fan of Black Panther, you should read the King in Black tie-in. <laughs> the Black Panther King in Black tie-in. Um, it's just dope. It's just really cool. I can't, can't really get into this one as much because a part of it was just the nerding out factor, but we really get to see Black Panther fight like we really get to see the reason why this man is the best like he's he's my second favorite superhero um second favorite marvel superhero he's right under spider-man and both peter parker and miles morales kind of had the same spot for me so like i can't really don't really consider them to take the second the first and second slot i'm just like you guys are the same superhero so you take that slot um but it's it's just a really cool one um, I'm not going to bore you guys too much with the details on this one, because as much as I want to dive into it, a large portion of it is the fact of, like, getting the nerd out, but if you haven't checked out Comics Explained video on it, or if you haven't read, uh, or been reading King in Black, which I should say you should probably be reading King in Black anyway, if you're reading King in Black, check out the Black Panther tie-in, um, and like I said, I know Comics Explained has a video on it. It's it's just a cool reason as to you get to really see why he's the king of Wakanda and why he's so inspirational and why he's he's such a badass man like he's just really cool <laughs> and I keep using cool as a descriptor but like it's more so the inflection of cool that really gives it to you I gotta just say like if I'm if I'm like hype about something <laughs> if I'm hype about something then <laughs> you'll understand it's like I gotta use certain words. To, to implement how how dope it is, I was like, but unfortunately, like if I delved, I, what I, I don't want to spoil anything about it. It's only one tie-in, so it's going into too much detail is already too much. But they got something in there that I didn't know Black Panther had, I didn't know Wakanda had, and it's just one of those things where it's just like, oh, oh man, <laughs> like. I didn't know y'all had this on the wraps the whole time, and it's pretty, it's pretty sick. <laughs> it's pretty sick. But um, that's gonna do it for my week. I'm gonna pass it on to whoever is next in the list. Uh, you'll see in a moment. I think I'll probably do Andre next, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's how the order went originally. So that's how you'll see next in this. Um, I'll see you guys back at the news section. Hello, Paper Play Action fans. This is your co-host, Dre. You can call me Red. You can call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. As of this week, I do have a lot of things that I am going through, a lot of things that I am observing, especially some WandaVision. 
But uh, this is a recording for a week past that has uh, unfortunately been lost. It will go in the files as one of the ancient lost records of PPA. And um, so for this 1.5 episode, just wanted to uh, take you guys through what I was going through and um, just taking in and enjoying on said week past. And that is the albums from Being As An Ocean and Aurora uh, Waiting For Morning To Come and uh, Infections Of... Oh, no, A Different Kind Of Human Step 2, respectively. Um, these are both amazing, amazing musicians. Well, I can't say musicians. Well, they're all amazing musicians. Aurora is a singular entity uh, person, and Being As An Ocean is an American rock band, as Wikipedia annotates, formed in 2011. Uh, they're from Alpine, California. Amazing, amazing bands. We're talking about uh, musicians who speak to you, who talk to you. And uh, I'm not saying that they're they're talking, like they're just talking when they're performing. I'm saying they're speaking specifically to you, the listener. They're talking directly to you. Um, everything that they're saying is vital, okay, uh, for... Honestly, it's it's just... They're speaking to your soul, right? We all know that there are things about modern society and the kind of mankind that we have today. There, There's a lot of room for improvement. There's a lot of room for improvement, and we're not going to make that room for improvement unless someone is talking about it, unless someone is saying something about it, unless someone is touching the hearts and minds of, of men women and children everywhere because as we all know change happens on a microscopic level first so we we all know that music is one of the most influential things on the planet in fact if i'm correct you actually can become addicted to listening to music like you need to have music playing um because it does activate the pleasure centers of your mind i am only influencing as far as right now and saying Listen to these albums, listen to uh, Being As An Ocean and Aurora in general. They make incredibly ethereal, hard, soft, passionate, loving, um, even sometimes scary music. And it's that's not to, that's not to turn you off. It's just only to, it's only to say that this kind of music takes you through the adventures that you wish that you were going through in real life. In fact, they say, Go on those adventures, do those things, get working, get moving, uh, pay attention to the things around you. Uh, you know, Aurora has a um, a much more, she's got such a beautiful singing voice. Aurora is um, a Norwegian singer and songwriter and producer, and she is absolutely one of the most I don't want to describe her singing voice and her music as angelic because that does it a large disservice, massive disservice. But I will say that her music is very... I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if there's a word that I know of right now that I can quickly call upon to describe her sound. And as a musician and um, producer myself i'm only i'm only floored by every single song that she has put out you know it's 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 really it's all beautiful it's all beautiful all of it and being as an ocean they are they are a lot more um so see aurora she talks to they both talk to you and they both talk to your soul aurora speaks to you as an individual you know she she's she wants you to I'm not going to say what she wants. I'm not going to say what she wants because I'm not her. But I will say that what her songs, what her album, what the album um, A Different Kind of Human did for me is it, it put me in a a mystical forest almost and, and dared me to adventure and to love and to feel and to reconnect with nature and to reconnect with myself reconnect with my spirit reconnect with my soul and being as an ocean they are man they're, they 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 call you out they call you out 
right? And they they demand that you pay attention to the bull and the terrible shit going on in the world. And and they say, yo, hey, wake up, right? Let's let's get this shit going. Let's get it right. Let's let's start making change. Let's let's come together and evolve. So yeah, that's my recording for um that's my week as far as what I absorbed. Hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you guys take from it. Definitely check it out. The links will be posted on the Paper Play Action Twitter. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye for now. Uh, so my week. I'm gonna take a different approach. I feel compelled to say something different. And here's my thing. I'm gonna preface this so nobody's like saying anything. I attribute all of this knowledge that I got to big man upstairs, right? God, I'm Christian. That's my thing. But I'm not going to cram that down your throats. Instead, I'm going to try to share some knowledge that I got from this week because I didn't have a, a book or anything from this, right? I, like, I, I was looking around for stuff this week <clears throat> and couldn't find anything, man. There was nothing to read. But what I ended up coming across was kind of like an awakening of knowledge uh, to kind of, you know, going through life struggles, right? Uh, particularly being single and things like that. And there's like this like stigma around like, oh, I've got to get a girlfriend. Oh, I've got to... I'll be honest. Let me try to structure this in a way that sounds good because I'm kind of all over the place right now. Being single is actually not a terrible thing because it gives you the time and the opportunity to work on yourself and get through your own uh, depths uh, in the ocean to the other side. And that's something I struggled with for years. You know, I was one of the guys that was always like, um, you know, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got I to gotta, I gotta be with someone. And then I was with somebody, and you guys know the story. I won't tell it on here, but uh, I had my uh, heart torn out. But I stayed true to my morals and my values and got through it. And, you know, for a long time there was like going through that whole anger thing of love is dead blah, 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 and all this. But what I realized this week was this. We all go through uh, phases in our lives and we all, like, everybody has that moment where they want to give up, right? They want to give up and they want to stop doing what they're doing. They want to stop pushing for the other side of that. But the thing is, all you're in is heavy, deep waters. You you know, you're swimming. You're, it's hard to stay afloat like that. It's your beliefs and everything that form that anchor and help you get to the other side. For me, it's God. For somebody else, it's something else. But it's always that anchor that, you know, helps you stay where you are. And sometimes you've got to float in the middle of that. But either way, eventually, through pushing, you get to the other side. So my whole week is a very brief one. It's just, uh, if anybody is ever struggling with something, please don't give up. Keep pushing, because this right here is going to make you into who you're supposed to be when you get to the other side. And that's why, like, this time, like, uh, what, Valentine's Day is coming up? This is the first Valentine's Day. I'm actually not worried. I'm not, like, stressed. I'm not like, oh, I'm single. I'm actually like, oh, wow, I get to wake up and do whatever I want to do. So uh, that's... Yeah, that, that's how uh, that's how my week went. It was a very uh, insightful, eye-opening thing, um, and I realized, you know, like the the process and the phases. Uh, my darkest times are finally almost over. I'm actually they're actually worse than they ever have been. But you know what I mean? Like I have the optimism and the the drive now to get through to the other side because I know I'm on my way there. So yeah, I hope that uh, hope that helps somebody. <clears throat> I know that's not like media, and I won't always bring that on the podcast, but uh, yeah. Okay, so after all of that and everybody's weeks, we have finally made it to the news. Um, let's go through that real quick. Alright, so the first thing we covered was Cyberpunk not being able to catch a break, and the fact that it had its source codes and documents held for ransom. Um, at this point, the um, thing itself has been resolved, but we did discuss how like it is really unfortunate that CD Projekt Red has to go through all of this. Um, from what we understand, they weren't able to stop everything from being sold, but for the most part, um, they were able to come to some sort of deal so that too many things didn't get completely leaked. Um, next up was the new Black Mist trailer. I'll be sure to put this on the trailer, on the Twitter. Um, but no worries. Uh, it looked really cool. We thought it was really dope. Glad to see it uh, again. This kind of solidifies my bad. The fact that it's actually real. Um, next was Coming to America 2. 
or I should say coming to America, because that's the actual title. Um, all of us thought it was a good idea, the fact that it exists. It's a little weird, because no one exactly asked for it. I mean, people asked for it, obviously. We thought it was a really dope idea. We just hope it turns out well, just because of the fact that we are revisiting something that is uh, beloved. It's kind of a classic, and we prefer that this doesn't mess it up. But I guess the honest truth is you always have the original at the end of the day, so it doesn't actually go away, even if the sequel isn't good. Apparently, there's also another Halo game in the works. Um, not Infinite. It's specifically another one just being done. Uh, keep an eye out for that one. Yeah, from what I understand, it's, it looks. It sounds like cool. It sounds cool. I'm hoping it could be more of a Reach game, kind of like another Reach or ODST. More so like a Reach. I want to play as another Spartan again. I want to play as Spartan Four. Whatever we were in Five, I want to do more of that specifically. Um, Next up was the idea that Anthem was being reviewed by EA. Uh, it could not continue. It could is the possibility. We kind of discussed that, it, for at least for me, who is a big fan of it, like playing it. Gameplay is really fun. It's just really unfortunate that the loot system and a lot of stuff of the game was really broken. Um, they promised to do a big update at one point, and I guess that this is what this review is about, is to see uh, whether or not it'd be worth doing that review. It's really unfortunate. Anthem had a lot of potential, but I don't know what those creative directors were doing. I don't know how it takes, as a creative mind myself and someone that likes to think about these kind of things, I don't know how you spend seven years trying to come up with a game and not being sure what it should and should not be for seven years, especially when you have nothing but time and I'm a person that could do this, like, really passionate about something, you can come up with stuff. Even if you can toil around with it, I'd say if I had like two or three years, I could, I could come up with a pretty good one now. But like, two or three years is so much time to kind of work on it that I don't understand how you twiddle your thumbs for like seven. If that makes any sense. Or I should say five because it wasn't until it got announced and we saw the gameplay trailer, the first gameplay trailer, quote unquote, for Anthem, that the rest of the team even figured out what they were working on. So, um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, next up, we talked about Gorilla Glue Girl. <laughs> um, I think the general consensus on that is, uh, this has got to be one of the dumbest people on the planet, but, uh, ultimately we decided, I mean, Andre's in particular was like, my sympathies go out to you, but we were ultimately like, this is pretty dumb. I don't know how you manage it. Uh, I just, I just don't know why you would think that using Gorilla Glue Spray as hairspray is a good idea. I just, I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I feel like there's several steps before you got to Gorilla Glue. <laughs> but, uh, you know, she's doing good now. I just, like, best of luck. Um, next up we covered was the Black uh, Clover anime. Might be getting canned. It might be getting canceled. Um, but, uh, it's a possibility you might get a movie instead, or it might be a rebranding or moving to another studio. But from the looks of things, it might actually be getting canceled, which is weird because Black Clover is actually kind of popular. Um, that's one of the things that we initially talked about. Uh, another one was this trailer called Writer's uh, A Writer's Odyssey. This movie looks really artsy and really cool. I'll post it on Twitter as well, especially since we're going over it now. Um, it's best seen. Uh, describing it would actually be kind of difficult. But it seems like people are entering, like, a writer's world, so to speak. And you're getting to see a bunch of different stuff from, like, different stories and things of that nature. We initially looked at it, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's a foreign film. We looked at it and looked at the trailer and was like, this is really cool. Like, this is uh, pretty dope. Um, Sonic 2 got a teaser. Uh, pretty much the Sonic the Hedgehog movie is getting a sequel. And it has Tails in it. And that's all we know from the teaser. And they did the perfect thing because it was just like, okay, Sonic 2, get Tails, haha, it's just like the video game. They got the two Tails at the end, done. Like, they did everything right. Bravo. Um, we also talked about the Epic Games MetaHuman Creator, which is pretty cool. I mean, it looks really nice. We also said it was kind of worrying considering the week before that we talked about uh, <laughs> Microsoft having patents to bring people back from the dead. So, we had a moment of big, that's cool, also, that's weird. Um, next up, we had uh, Godfall, 
getting its primal, uh, primal update. Obviously, that's been launched for a little bit now, especially by the time you guys are hearing this. Uh, we were talking about it and just saying that it's, it's a cool game. It's a little boring. Um, hoping that the primal update actually allows it to, I guess, have a little bit more breathing room and have a little bit more fun. Uh, definitely something that we were looking at and being like, all right, look forward to it. Like, please be good. Um, next up, a weird one. Uh, Pokemon 20th Anniversary. Some of you guys have probably already seen this already. But it's the Post Malone thing. That's what we talked about on that one. And how strange it is that he's giddy. He's doing a concert for Pokemon. But, you know, it's fine. Like, we're not too worried. I look, I kind of look forward to it a little bit. Just found like it's a weird Pokemon across Post Malone. It's so, so strange, right? Um, also talked about Street Fighter getting its new update, which it should be out by now. But, um, basically talking about them getting Dan and the new V-Shift system, which I, as a Street Fighter fan myself, uh, kind of changes the game a little bit. It's pretty dope. Like, it's, it's basically a dodge button that costs a little bit of meter. It's really cool. Um, next up... Oh, we also talked about the announcement of Eleven, who is an extra character. We still don't know who the last character in the season pass is for that. Um, the season pass currently has Dan, Rose, Oro? Yeah, Dan, Rose, Oro, Akira from Rival Schools. Let's go, hoping we get another one of those because of it, and a mystery character. But Eleven is just an added bonus character that they're like, hey, yo, this is free. The other one, next thing that we talked about was Six Days in Fallujah coming back. Um, this is going to be a little bit out of context, uh, like, not completely, was this game looked like it was supposed to be a documentary, um, based on the actual events of the Six Days in Fallujah, uh, as time has gone on a little bit, it doesn't seem like it's gonna be exactly that, um, initially I really wanted to recommend this game for the pure concept of a video game-esque documentary which sounded really cool but uh with it being not exactly that i can't can't content i can't recommend it but to be honest this was a news thing more than anything else it's definitely the idea that it's out and if you were interested go look into it but uh personally i'm gonna recommend that you uh if you're, in, you're interested do some research just to be sure that it is more along the lines of uh, what you're looking forward to. Um, next up was this other game called Binary Smoke, which I will be definitely throwing this on the Twitter. Unfortunately, I didn't throw any of this stuff up from the second episode on the Twitter because I wanted to put the point five episode out so you, you guys at least had context for what was happening with those. Um, so we talked about Binary Smoke, which looks really cool, really good art style. Paul loved it. Like, he honestly just thought it was dope. I knew he was going to love it. It's a cool cyberpunk aesthetic. Go check that out. Looks like an indie game. They got some cool stuff going on that one. I talked about the redesign for Static Shock. He looks cool. The basic consensus was, yeah, he, he looks cool. Um, EX Zodiac was the other thing that I wanted to throw out there. EX Zodiac is, if you're a friend, uh, fan of, my bad, fan of uh, the Star Fox series, especially the original 64 games. And, you know, um, EX Zodiac is that done by, I believe, one person. Um, they have a demo up on Steam that you could play. It is really cool. Like, it's it's really nice. Um, I personally follow uh, the creator on Twitter. They don't probably know me, but I want to give them a shout-out anyway because they're doing a cool thing, and I'll probably do things like that and just give shout-outs to really cool games that are happening. And if you're interested, they're working on it, please give it a shot. Like, if you can play it, if you're a fan of... Star Fox, by all means, jump into it, look at it. Um, the last thing we actually discussed was the new Near Replicant remaster gameplay. Um, the main deal that we walked away with is that Near Replicant's dope, this gameplay is awesome, I'm glad that it's looking more like Near Automata. Unfortunately, the better version of the game is Gestalt, but just for those that don't know, um, Near Replicant and Near Gestalt uh, have two different 
protagonists because of the fact that, uh, just basically Gestalt was supposed to be more the American version of the game, and Replicant supposed to be the more Japanese version of the game. Um, the Replicant one is more along the lines of, uh, older brother Nier taking care of his little sister, uh, which isn't bad, but, uh, the Gestalt version has, um, dad near like they just changed the roles up for some reason so it's near as a father taking care of his daughter which is still the same characters but uh the dynamic is different and personally i feel like it adds more with the father daughter than onichan the brother like thing that they got going on um there's nothing wrong with it it's just it's a more unique premise especially coming from like japanese writers and so like Gestalt is technically the better version. It has a little weirdness. Also, um, Dadnir is played by the same dude that plays Shojiro from Persona. And that's his most recent role. He's actually pretty famous for doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> but uh, I really wanted to see that again. Um, and that's just not me as a fan. The common, the common thing about it is usually that that's the better... Like, that's usually the better thing on it. Um... But that pretty much does it for everything with the news. I had to do a speedy wrap-up on it because there's really no one to bounce off of this time around. So it's basically just giving you the news as fast as possible in like a Blitzkrieg-style fashion. I'll be throwing all of these up on the Twitter, I guess probably today or right after this goes up, whenever I can do it. Uh, but uh, I just wanted those to have context because so, I didn't want to just throw them up. They'd also be kind of late because they were supposed to be out before the second one so but you guys have a good one i'm glad to at least get this to you guys in some way um you guys enjoy yourself enjoy the rest of your day sorry for the short episode this time around but you know we tried i also realized that i'm kind of lengthy in talking but i realized that like a uh, a lot of the story stuff that i had to do involved me telling about the stories whereas andres is more about music and paul's was a little piece of advice um, his section technically goes on a little bit longer, but, um, I cut it short because a lot of it has to do with us responding and retorting and talking to him. So, it kind of came off really weird as to have, like, these giant spaces for no conversation, and, like, most of the responses afterwards were more of responses and retorts to questions that are being asked, and so you just can't hear it. It's a very incomplete conversation, so I just kind of started and finished it as where his advice ended. Um... Once again, we're going to try to, probably, this will probably be the way we do this from now on, is that if we ever have a problem, we'll do a .5 episode, um, so likely you'll be seeing this a lot, not a lot more, hopefully very little, but if we ever have, like, a technical difficulty kind of thing, we got, we now got a protocol for it, this is what we'll do, so, but this is, uh, Paper Play Action signing off, so you guys have a good one.